Welcome to Two Open Doors, the podcast that explores our power to open or close the doors of relationship with the important people in our lives. We hope you'll learn from and share your wisdom with our community. Thanks for joining us. We can distinguish different levels of connection between people. We all interact with acquaintances in our daily life. These are basically people with whom we have no substantial or ongoing connection. We also are fortunate to have friends, or people with whom we share companionship, discussion and camaraderie, and life adventures. In this episode, we'll consider a third category of people, partners. We'll consider what distinguishes partners from acquaintances and friends. We'll also explore how different people choose the partners with whom they wish to share their lives in a deep way. As is suggested in our introduction, a partner is someone with whom we share a special connection. More about the nature of that connection in a bit. Most of us have various people with whom we share specific aspects of our lives. In thinking about my own life, I see the following kinds of activities that I'm involved in and which I share with others. There are work or professional activities, that is, my workmates. I also have pleasure or recreational activities, including sensual and sexual activities, and those are my playmates. In my life maintenance activities, I engage with my life mate. For spiritual or philosophical connections, I have my soul mates. For exploration, growth, or creative activities, I have my quest mates. And for pursuit of mission or my passions, I have my passion mates. As this list suggests, each of us exists within a matrix of social connections that span all of our life activities. Most of us have a variety of mates in our lives. Seeing the breadth of these activities, it's apparent that any given single person is unlikely to be able to accompany us in all aspects of life. It's also asking a lot of any one person to want to join us in all of these activities. In a real sense, the Western institution of marriage does expect individuals to pick a single partner who is then expected to be a satisfactory partner across all of these facets of life. That's a lot of pressure to put on a finite human being. Little wonder that such lofty expectations often go unmet. Given the magnitude of the burden that is placed on life mates, it seems wise to consider the likely consequences of such a partner's potential failure to meet this panoply of expectations. One may be able to accept a partner's inability or unwillingness to satisfy our needs and desires across all aspects of our lives. However, doing so may well result in a rather lonely or frustrating life. Opting for such a path amounts to accepting a life of limitations and unsatisfied dreams and desires. As an alternative, one can consider the possibility of relying on a set of different sorts of mates to accompany us in different aspects of our life. That option would seem to have a much higher chance of providing us with a satisfying set of personal connections, since it isn't dependent on any one person to fill all of our needs. As an example of such a choice, a person might have a life mate who is a nesting partner and who perhaps also fills the roles of playmate for enjoyment and quest mate for the pursuit of shared goals and dreams. The person might supplement the life mate's core roles by connecting with a workmate or passion mate who is committed to pursuing a shared life mission, such as coaching, education, or charitable nonprofit. The person might have yet another partner with whom they share an important and intimate soulmate connection. By inviting this small set of partners into their life, this person can build a comprehensive set of connections that offer satisfaction across all aspects of their life. Let's delve a bit further into the characteristics of a connection between partners. 
As we noted at the start of this episode, partners constitute a close and more intimate sort of connection than that of friendship. Though the boundary between those is fuzzy, one can think of partnership as a superset of friendship. Basically, this means that a partnership is a special kind of friendship, a friendship and more. As I see it, the difference lies in two distinct dimensions. First, a partnership can, but doesn't always, include an element of physical connection that isn't usually present in a friendship. That physical connection may have a sensual and or a sexual component. The associated physical connection provides a new language that isn't usually available to friends, even close friends. Despite this, close friends can, and often do, share a great deal of emotional closeness. Because of the trust and caring that underlies it, a BFF is open to whatever we may want to share with them, and vice versa. That is certainly a wonderful sort of relationship to have access to. More subtly, and perhaps also more controversially, being a partner to someone implies making a degree of commitment to that person, to an extent that is not usually found in friendships. Becoming a partner is motivated by an exceptional degree of caring for someone. That caring drives a willingness to extend oneself for the benefit of one's partner, perhaps to a degree that might cause one some discomfort or even personal disadvantage. Partners become willing to sacrifice for those they love, within the bounds of what's healthy. Of course, this is also true of good friends. Perhaps the difference is a matter of degree. Again, the distinction between good friends and partner can be elusive and ambiguous. In keeping with partnership being a superset of friendship, we draw our partners from our collection of good friends. Often, the transition from friend to partner is gradual, and it may not even be explicitly noted by the partners. Often, good friends just come to a point of recognizing that their relationship has potential to grow even more intimate, and that both friends desire a closer connection with one another. At that point, one or the other of the friends may invite a more intimate inclusion in the other's life, perhaps using the L word, that is love, as the reason for that stated desire. In the happy circumstances where both friends wish for the same thing, they both take the next step by committing to be partners to one another. Those who decide to become partners have a lot of discussion ahead of them. They need to come to a shared vision as to what they would like their evolving relationship to look like. That process of envisioning includes discussing and negotiating what they hope for from one another and what they expect from one another. Note that friends don't usually talk in terms of mutual expectations, though friendship does involve reasonable implicit expectations regarding mutual respect, kind and considerate treatment, etc. Expectations are different from hopes or wishes, in that violating hopes or wishes can lead to disappointment, but violating expectations can be taken as a breach of trust. That's a much weightier thing. When partners negotiate expectations of one another, they are agreeing to trust one another to live by those expectations. That trust creates a basis of mutual safety and respect. Since safety and respect are the foundation of any intimate relationship, breaking that trust can feel like a betrayal of a relationship. That's why infidelity in a committed relationship can be so impactful. It's not just a sexual or emotional betrayal, but also a huge breach of trust. Partners have to be able to feel secure in abiding by whatever agreements they make with one another, which strongly suggests that partners should think carefully and realistically about what they commit to one another. The significance of a partner's willingness to make commitments the significance of a partner's willingness to make commitments is far-reaching. One's partner becomes an integral part of one's life. 
While there are no universal prescriptions or expectations for what forms that ongoing presence may take, partners are more reliably present in a person's life than are one's friends. Those who are partners come to rely on one another for support and validation. The form that support takes will vary based on the nature of the partnership with a given individual. For example, the interactions that take place between life mates may look quite different than the ones that take place between workmates or playmates. In practice, that means that the ways in which a particular pair of partners participate in each other's lives can vary widely, and the particulars depend on what the partners have negotiated with one another. The important thing to realize is that partners of any sort need to be able to rely on one another per their agreements. Honoring partnership agreements can provide a foundation for a satisfying and reliable relationship, while breaking those agreements can wreak havoc with the stability of an intimate partnered relationship. To learn more about Two Open Doors and to engage with our community, I'd like to invite you to visit the Two Open Doors private Facebook group for posts and discussion and the Two Open Doors meetup group for events. I also invite you to contact me directly by writing to me at claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, at twoopendoors.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I'll use your inputs to guide my work on future blog posts and podcast episodes. Thanks for visiting Two Open Doors. Two Open Doors